Well, hello, dear listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to In Conversation with Audio Podcast Series. I'm your host, Naval Singh. I work at IBM Bangalore. The postings, the comments, the views, the feedback, and the opinions mentioned during this podcast are my own and don't necessarily represent IBM's positions, strategies, or opinions. I hold an MBA from IIM Indore and BTEC in Electrical Engineering from NIT Roorkeela. About In Conversation with Podcast. This podcast series has aired its first episode in the month of January 2018 and has been running throughout the year. This is a completely not-for-profit podcast. All the contents are listed as Creative Commons, free for all, for distribution and reuse. I create and host this podcast in my personal time and do not associate it with my regular work at IBM. In this podcast, we invite guests, speakers, uh, or any. Uh, distinguished uh, founders they all come here with just one takeaway that they get an airtime of 2 3 minutes to share their ideas and opinions about what they are working on and then the rest of the podcast they talk about how other developers or other entrepreneurs can benefit from their rich experience you can listen to this podcast on soundcloud the address is https://soundcloud.com/inconversationwith uh, thank you so much and let's get back to the show Hey, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whichever part of the world you are joining us from. This is the episode four of my audio podcast, In Conversation with, and today with me is Vimlesh Kundrao. Vimlesh, good morning. Very good morning, Neil. Thank, thank you so much for joining us here, and uh, to the, all the audience, uh, it's a pleasure to have Vimlesh with us. One of the most reputed. and esteemed a person to be speaking on the topic of lean brand architecture let me introduce why lean brand architecture uh, as from indian it firms perspective they have come a long way in the past two or three decades when they just started by throwing resources to solve a particular problem say a y2k to now helping solve fortune 500 or fortune 100 companies crucial business problems through latest technologies and architectures and you name it in then in this podcast bimlesh and i would try to take a small uh, uh, limited exposure and perspective of the entire scenario and how the, having a lean brand architecture for any firm whether you are a startup a month old startup a 10 10 or 20 year old company how does that help you how does it help you in establishing your core competence and shows who you what you really stand for so that's the reason i thought lean brand architecture is a beautiful our topic to speak about and as dear listeners you would be knowing from the first podcast episode uh, mahesh shadri uh, has been a thorough mentor for this entire series he recommended me that i go and uh, speak to bimlesh and it has been a revelation speaking to bimlesh so uh, thank you so much to for all the audience who have tuned in or who will be uh, listening to this recording via our uh, online platforms let me introduce bimlesh first to you bimlesh is the ceo and founder of agoi solutions He is an entrepreneur in the digital technology space, offering product engineering solutions and software services, mostly in health tech and fintech space. He has also ventured out in building FarmEasy, www.farmeasy.com. It's FarmEasy with a Z, a connected healthcare platform that connects retail pharmacies, distributors, patients, and doctors, helping easily and efficiently manage medications. In his prior avatar Bimlesh has worked in consulting and product development roles across startups and larger firms like Satyam Mysis and Allscripts. He has a rich experience that spans across two decades in fields like product management, product development and consulting. 
He has a wide perspective on emerging trends like how technology can disrupt and shape businesses and industries. Bimlish is a passionate cricketer. He was a captain in Satyam, represented university teams and school teams. He is a foodie and a movie buff. He has been widely recognized for driving innovation in the industry and has been CNBC Masterpreneur, South Regional Winner and All India Semi-Finalist, Healthcare Entrepreneur of the Year, Hot 100 Startup of the Year and has received wide media coverage. Welcome, Bimlesh. So ask that question yeah, again. Sure, sure, no problem. Uh, so how have the Indian IT firms, you know, and, and their brands evolved over time? Like, have they matured as uh, just a mutual provider or have they been able to differentiate themselves? Or uh, do they stand for something? Have they been able to negotiate higher prices based on the brands? How has the Indian IT system actually changed from 1990s to 2018? Like, how have you have seen the shift happening? So what is your perspective? these evolution sure. of brands. Sure, wonderful. Yeah, um, I've had uh, the fortunate of being part of this technology revolution in the industry. So when mm -hmm. I graduated in 96, mm -hmm. you know, we had the world being open, uh, you know, to be part of the technology industry. Mm -hmm. Probable sector of employment. Mm -hmm. At this point of time, there were two specific uh, brands of choices that you had to make. Mm -hmm. One was a perceived from an employee perspective, uh, you mm -hmm. had to look at a prospector employer, prospective employer. Uh, from a software development point of view, you had the, the biggest brand at that time was Infosys. And the strategy that they played at that time was the core ethics and their employee centric perspective of how they plan to create wealth and how they share wealth with respect to their uh, sharing of ESOPs and stock option plans mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. The other sector that was available for people to choose were uh, large multinational Indian, uh, large multinational firms who were setting up their India services shop to solve the same problem, but their attraction was primarily uh, mon you know, monetary benefits. And the, third, and the other sector that was shaping up extremely well was the technology training sector. And at that time, you had two largest brands, which was NIT and you had a company called Aptech. Yes. Aptech does not exist anymore today. Uh, they've got acquired and transitioned themselves into different forms. But when you look at how these brands have evolved, a brand essentially describes who you are. Yeah. In in one single package, in one single sentence, in one single uh, you know, message. Mm -hmm. The same message resonates differently to different stakeholders of an organization. Mm -hmm. So when, when you want to do business with a company and when you're trying to do business for the first time and you have to take those risks as a decision maker, mm -hmm. Brand does play an important role to kind of garner the trust for the decision maker to do business with you. Mm -hmm. Building brand doesn't happen overnight. Okay. It takes a lot of consistent messaging and actions mm -hmm. across your life cycle of your company. Okay. And uh, companies. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, companies, just like how product has you know evolved through an iteration mm -hmm. brand also has evolved through an iteration so for example in in the retail space you might have seen airtel 
have changed their branding thrice in the last two decades yeah. right and now if they want you know if they want to position themselves again very differently mm-hmm. uh, with the rising competition from geo mm-hmm. you wouldn't be surprised if they go through another fourth iteration of the branding exercise very true very so, true so once you create a brand and you have a certain specific message when you want to move away or shift the messaging from that from your previous avatar mm. that's the time you look at rebranding yourself and you know emerge yourself as uh, as a as a different company with a different message mm-hmm. and uh, so that that's a very good point for me to ask a second question and that's really something that comes to everyone's mind is it beneficial to have multiple brands under one portfolio for example uh, people see a, a particular uh, transportation solution company having their own payment solution having their own food delivery solution as well so it deliberately uh, has a good revenue maybe model for them but can confuse the end audience like is this a transportation solutions company or a food delivery company or a banking company or nbfc company non non banking financial company so uh, and that's just one example then there are it brands there are like large it companies who have in who are like 20 30 year old but they are they are considered as mature in terms of indian it landscape and they would have their own products softwares features functionalities which perform particular business function really well that that could be marketing or crm or hr or, or finance or something but they would they would the company an existing company or a company just starting today or maybe we started 3 months ago what would be your advice is it beneficial to have multiple brands and then mature or uh, uh, how do you see that happening sure i think uh, you know uh, at a, uh, you know at a 30000 feet level uh, first you need to understand that there are two types of branding strategies one is you have a house of brands mm mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then you have a concept of a sub brand right so a house of brands is you have a parent company and you have got a bunch of products and each one of these products have their own brand strategy and their own brand names and have got no whatsoever direct visible linkage to the parent brand mm-hmm. in the sub brand strategy you have a very strong linkage between the parent brand and the sub brand right mm-hmm. and each one of these strategies either happen by design if the organization has a very long term view that these are the slew of products that they already identified as part of their organization strategy mm-hmm. in that case you know uh, a house of brand strategy naturally evolves mm-hmm. however if the path of product building and product launching is going to be an evolutionary process more often than not what you will see in the market is you will see a sub brand strategy because mm-hmm. during the initial years of the organization a lot of money and marketing and positioning has been spent on on building the mother brand mm-hmm. once a mother brand is built the common thinking of all marketers and brand uh, you know grandmasters is to go with a strategy that leverage the mother brand thereby the product recognition and the product placement across competitors become a lot more lot more easier mm-hmm. 
So as an early stage startup, mm-hmm. if you have the luxury of a lot of funds available to you, and you are not delving with, uh, you know, figuring out where do you spend your money the best, and you got one, you know, uh, two three products which are doing great. Uh, you always have a choice either to go the house of brands way or uh, to go into a sub brand way depending on the segment if the segments are related or the segments very distinguished with each other and so on and so forth mm-hmm. so does it deviate from their core competence for example if say that uh, i am an it company called xyz solutions or xyz services i stand for providing best rpa services or best uh, business support services at the most optimal price from India for all the customers in USA and Canada, for example. If that mm-hmm. is my value statement, uh, will having a, a lean and focused brand architecture um, emphasize my core competence and not having more product and they're all diffused in saying that, okay, he does that as well, he does that as well. So or can there be a common theme? That emerge out of everything that I do this and to do this, I use this, this and this product to come to this uh, messaging. How does that uh, happen? And can you give us an example of any Indian success story? Uh, I'll merge this question as well. Who has done this, who has managed to do this better? And our listeners will benefit a lot from example because they, then they can articulate uh, this kind of messaging better. Yeah, I mean... Uh, <clears throat> so if you're trying to be a conglomerate, uh, you know, where your parent brand over a period of time has taken so much uh, cause and effort mm-hmm. and has a very large, uh, uh, you know, strong mind share stand on, on what you do and where you belong, you know, uh, then, you know, you typically take a house of brand, I mean, you typically take a sub-brand approach, leveraging the, the parent brand. Yeah. And a sub-brand also helps in a category where you're trying to build and market products in similar, uh, you know, service lines, mm-hmm. right, around the core uh, product. For example, you take, uh, you know, the most common example in the, you know, from an Indian ecosystem or in a B2B uh, space are Freshworks and uh, Zoho, mm-hmm. right? Both of them started out as, as, as a company with single product. And as they saw the demand and acceptance from their uh, customers, mm-hmm. they started building newer products. Mm-hmm. And with newer products in similar space, similar mm-hmm. segment of customers, you're solving a different problem and hence a new product. Mm-hmm. You tend to ride on the parent brand approach. So yeah. hence you now have, you know, Zoho CRM, you have Zoho tickets, you have Zoho, Zoho writer. On, mm-hmm. on the fresh work side, you have fresh desk, you have fresh sales, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fresh chat and so on. Yeah. They all argument and service the similar customer segment. Correct. And that similar customer segment, you have already invested in writing a brand story and communicating a brand story on the parent brand. Mm-hmm. And hence, a sub-brand strategy makes a lot of sense. And, and that's exactly what's happening that's exactly what's happening in the B2C side with Ola strategy as well. Yeah. Uh, tell right. us a bit so about the B2C why. side as well. And how do they differ? Is B2B uh, much different? Is branding more important over there? If you can spend a minute explaining that to us. I, I think on, on both sides, it's, it's equally important. I think mm-hmm. 
you know, B2C is more crowded. So mm-hmm. you've got to spend a lot more on branding to ensure that your messaging uh, and your scene uh, yourself as a brand in, in, in everyday walk of life. Mm-hmm. In, in B2B branding, you know, you're more focused and you're trying to be seen only in uh, situations and in places where your buyer and user segments are. Mm. For example, if you're targeting the CXO segment, the mm-hmm. CSO segments don't hang around, uh, you know, most of the places where the common man hang around during the work hours, Yeah. right? They're always either in travel mm-hmm. or they are inside their offices or they are uh, attending conferences or having offsite meetings in, you know, in large, yeah. uh, you know, hotels. Yeah. So these would be the kind of spots where you would like to get your maximum, uh, you know, brand coverage there mm-hmm. and thereby, you know, be visible to these uh, people. And as these guys attend a lot of conferences, you see a lot of brands being the gold sponsor, platinum sponsor, yeah, thereby increasing their brand visibility mm. for this particular segment. Correct. Right? Correct. Very and true. brand, it's not only about gaining visibility, it's also a function of how your brand translates into the actions that you actually do on the ground. Mm-hmm. So if there's a disconnect on what you communicate versus what you do as an action, Mm. then your brand value fizzles out. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good point for me to ask. Uh, what is the one advice that you would love to share with a young entrepreneur? If somebody walks up to you and says, hi, Dimlesh, I have this wonderful, brilliant idea and I have just a three week old company and I'm all ears for your rich expertise. What's one thing that you would love to share? And one thing that you think that wish you would have known uh, when you were starting the journey as an entrepreneur? That you have learned the hard way. Sure. Couple of things. Yeah, please go um, ahead. One is, uh, uh, you know, t- your company and your product are two different things. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can have a different company name and you can have a different product name. Your product name lives your lives the larger brand value mm-hmm. than your company name. Right? Mm-hmm. That's one. Always try to get the name of your product, ideally in a single syllable, a single word, mm-hmm. or max in under three, under or max three syllables. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is extremely critical for the success of your uh, product recall and brand recall. Second, mm-hmm. do not, uh, instead of saying do not, let me paraphrase it. Second, mm-hmm. the most important is your logo. Mm-hmm. Get the... Now get your logo right. When mm-hmm. I say get your logo right, experiment with a bunch of uh, designers. Uh, that's the right place to spend your early part of your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't compromise on the quality of your logo. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, third is, um, is to trademark your product name. Mm-hmm. We when we when we uh, when we registered ourselves our product uh, you know yes at why our our funny story is that we lost out our trademark by a week wow to the current branded farmeasy.com mm-hmm. company which is based in bombay in mm-hmm. mumbai right which is 
P-H-A-R-M-E-A-S-Y. Mm-hmm. We lost out to them just by a week. Wow. And that pushed us uh, you know, backward in, in competition uh, a long way. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we were very sounding similar names. So you run into all sorts of uh, these challenges. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that you look at trademark, logo, and uh, you know, a less than three syllable product name. That's a so this idea. is essentially what it costs, what it constitutes to a brand and protecting your brand as an early stage entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and it's a wonderful uh, example and something that people would take lessons from in terms of how a brand can suffer by not having a first mover advantage. They will miss out on their favorite name or, or the phrase that can associate them with their cons- cons- consumers right. or clients better. So uh, right. before we wrap up, this is a f- favorite question. Uh, Walk us through what are you, what, what is the thing that is you're, you're most passionate about? What are you working on? What are you, what keeps you busy? Uh, and what are your, uh, and what are the fun things that you do when you are not working? As an entrepreneur, as a CEO, your work and life would get mixed so quickly. So what do you do when you are not working? Uh, that, that would be tougher for you to answer because you must be always working. But uh, that's what we want to know. And first, uh, what are you really interested and passionate about at present? What are you looking on? What, are the, what is the new technology or fun thing that you're currently working on? Sure. sure. Wonderful. So um, uh, as we are uh, you know, uh, in our six, you know, we are, should be completing uh, six years of our operations. Uh, congratulations. Shortly. Hearty congratulations. Sure. Thank you. Uh, we are halfway through our uh, six, you know, in our first sixth year right now. So uh, we are currently in our third. Auto uh, strategy right now, mm-hmm. where uh, we have a three pronged approach uh, mm-hmm. to reach out to the market. Uh, our success has always been being a trusted and a reliable product development partner for Mm -hmm. startups and uh, growth size companies. Mm -hmm. And that now we want to notch it up to a certain level based on the recent success uh, where one of the product companies acquired my entire team. Mm -hmm. So now in our 3.0 strategy is to build on that success. So we're looking at three strategies uh, this time. We're looking at one that uh, continuing to offer world-class product engineering services Mm -hmm. as a team, not just offer uh, single developers or you know, bunch mm-hmm. of uh, testers and so on. Second strategy is to have a go-to-market uh, approach with uh, fast-growing, very niche, innovative SaaS solution companies mm-hmm. where we can uh, be a both a reseller and a system integrator for their products. Mm-hmm. The third is we see a lot of automation investments happening uh, you know, in the enterprises space, uh, mm-hmm. and that's with the RPA, and that's something that we believe we bring that uh, uh, you know that knowledge and skill to the industry with our deep understanding with how cognitive and artificial intelligence technology can leverage and help organizations to add a lot of value and increase efficiencies in, in their business processes. Mm-hmm. So these are the key three areas that we are looking to bring in as part of our 3.0 strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we do? What do I do? Uh, what do I differentiate between my work life and my uh, personal life? Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for uh, six years now, and uh, I don't think that differentiation exists <laughs> uh, mm, at all. Very true. Uh, 
uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, you, your biggest and the most important challenge uh, will always be to ensure that you've got enough cash uh, to pay your partners, your teams, and your landlords by end of the mm-hmm. month. True. So in order to achieve that, you know, you're always prospecting, you're always trying to close, mm. you're in an always hiring process. Mm. And as you said, you're mentally always working. Yeah. So it's, it's very important uh, at different times yeah. uh, to, to learn to switch off, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, and to take uh, those deep uh, breaths and, uh, you know, and get time to be with yourself. So you're, as an entrepreneur, over time, you will value that me time is the most important time in your life. Mm. And so, when you get your me time is, yeah. is up to you. Uh, though we are at the hours mark, but I'll still try to squeeze one more question. What is the biggest yeah. failure you had, you had in your life? And what did that failure, uh, what did you learn from that? How did, you, uh, how did you take positives out of failures? Because as an entrepreneur, as a motivated and an ambitious person, uh, there would be hundreds of these people with dreamy eyes, you know, in the initial part of the journey, like a couple of months, couple of years, and they will face failure out of failure. So what did you learn? And what are the biggest failures if you want to share with our listeners? And uh, how did you move ahead and kept your chin high and moved on and achieved success? Sure. So I think, uh, you know, you will face a lot of bumps on the road when you're, especially when you're trying to build a product and uh, move forward. Uh, I think uh, in our journey, uh, 2016 first quarter was the most toughest quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were a week, we were a week away from closing our, uh, you know, our seed round uh, mm-hmm. from three committed uh, investors. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in February 2016, that's when the funding winter hit in in the valley, and within a week, it started percolating down here, and our investors moved back. Mm-hmm. And since we were a bootstrap company, we had a we had a couple of early stage startups, uh, you know, seed seed stage startups that we were working with. Mm-hmm. Their Series A got blocked out as well. Oh my god! So. In literally in three weeks of time in February 2016, we got slammed and choked on our revenue on all fronts. Mm-hmm. So we had to take that hard call on what do we do with the product because yeah. we were very actively building. We had four products out in the market. We had to support, we had to build, we had to market, we had to sell, we had to hire uh, salespeople. And you know, suddenly you're staring at a zero revenue income mm. uh, hitting your bank accounts, mm. uh, you know, in, in, in a week's time. Mm. So the, you know, that was the hardest moment for us uh, as a company and as an entrepreneur. I had to take that hard call to see what happens to my product. Mm. Where, where am I going to generate the funds and what mm. is going to be the life side, you know, life of my product. So in mm. March 2016, we took the hard call to, you know, to hibernate the product from the market. Mm. I had to, you know, I communicated this back to the team. We had a very frank, open conversations all mm. through a week uh, in March. And uh, we decided to part ways with a lot of our team members, uh, mm. very strong team members who believed in my idea and joined my firm. Mm. 
Mm. And at this time, I had to, I had to let go of this team. Uh, basically, saying that part as being a leader, isn't it? Because the leader yeah. is the one who a team selects. You can be a manager, but being a leader is being a people's person. Right. And what we did at that time was uh, something uh, you know that uh, helped everyone to tide over that wave. One uh, was you know they saw their dreams getting shattered right in front of their eyes. Mm. But one, you know, but couple of things that we did help salvage that was, uh, you know, we were extremely, as a leadership team, we were extremely over communicative uh, to the team, mm. uh, very constantly holding one-on-ones and, uh, you know, uh, like a mini town hall in our, in our team of about 30 people, uh, mm. company that we were at that time. Mm. And to be right in front of them and not, mm. not hide ourselves in our, desks and in our and not being accessible to them yeah very and, very important uh, that was you know at these critical times if you are unaccessible to your team that's yeah. like committing a crime yeah because right? they trust you they have faith in you yeah and they have a lot of questions you know questions which you think are trivial but those trivial questions is what bothers them day in and day out yeah. so we ensured that we were accessible we were over communicative and we also ensured that in a month's time we got a lot of our people placed out in our fellow network startups, mm. thereby ensuring that their careers were safe and they were well taken care of. And it's very happy to look back and see how each one of these team members have grown uh, in, their, in their capabilities in these organizations in the last two, three years. So you will, you will have a lot of these tough decisions to make. Uh, there's no escape on it, that's life. And that's the journey of an entrepreneur, but it's how it, it tests your character out, how you are able to, uh, you know, take those decisions and live with those decisions post that fail. Mm. Great, great. And the fact that you were able to take that positively and move on is something that amazes me and I'm sure would be a great motivation for all the uh, entrepreneurs or people who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I, I said that it's a great, uh, it's a great way to understand and learn that uh, uh, getting back from a failure and still being able to uh, keep your chin up and move ahead is something that every entrepreneur can uh, take back as a learning. Uh, that's something that they would have to do. They can't escape it. Uh, that's a hard part of life, but that's where entrepreneurs grow. And that's the difference between having the comfort of a paycheck at the end of the month rather than having a vision of an entrepreneur. That's a big difference. Thank you so much. Any parting words before I wrap up this beautiful podcast? So that, yeah. Any parting comments, any parting words? Sure. So, uh, uh I think, uh, you know, uh, today's India's economy offers a, a whole lot of opportunity for dreamers to to turn their ideas to reality mm-hmm. i would say no idea is nobody knows if an idea will work or not so mm-hmm. stop dreaming and start taking action yeah right? that's that's very important mm-hmm. uh, how you take this action you take this in small steps while you work you want to roll something out you want to experiment do it you mm-hmm. want to quit and do it you want to go all in before you go all in, ensure that you do enough research, mm-hmm. uh, validate your ideas with a bunch of your uh, uh, early 
customer personas that you think that might use your product mm-hmm. and then you go all in mm-hmm. but take action there's no there's no value that you get just by dreaming true thank you with those motivating words thank you so much bimlesh for joining episode 4 of this podcast i'm sure the listeners would have benefited the most from this uh, to be honest sure. very Wonderful. Uh, very frank and no holds barred uh, feedback from you your journey as an entrepreneur we we all wish you and your company hearty success in 2018 and 2019 and we'll definitely be looking up to you for all the motivation and all the leadership that we expect from you wonderful thank you so much uh, been a pleasure thank you for having me on your podcast thank, thank you. you thank you bimlesh have a good day